you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ, Bucky, together after a uh, another pro day. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I am doing great. You know I'm great because we had an opportunity to watch two quarterbacks, two of the top quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, throw on back-to-back days. And the great part of it is we get a chance to talk about it now. Yeah, we got these uh, pro days we're going to break down. We're also going to look into what's going on with the Jets in a trade that was quite interesting yesterday. We'll jump into that and what does that mean for the future of both the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. We'll tackle that question in a little bit. Uh, but we are. We're coming off of a couple pro days here. Let's start, first of all, let's go with the one we just saw. It's fresh in our mind. We just got out of the studio. We covered it from here in Los Angeles, and that was Bryce Young's pro day. Just first thought after watching that today. Man, he's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic player that makes the game look so easy. And we'll put our disclaimer out about pro days and what we glean from it. The one thing that you want to see in a pro day is, look, the ball shouldn't hit the ground. You just want to check out the overall mechanics. You want to see them. It's basically layup lines. When you go to an NBA basketball game, you see everyone do the little fancy stuff, put the ball off the window and do it. And so for Bryce Young, we got an opportunity to see him um, do what he does well. He can sit here and throw it. He showed us that he can throw the ball on the move. We saw him go to the right, to the left, spinning it, doing it at different angles, hitting different targets and those things. But it's just a reminder of how easy it is for him to make the throws that you have to make in an NFL offense. I liken it to going to buy a car and you're going to test drive the car Mm -hmm. and the guy gets in the back seat and you know the guy from the dealership hops in the back seat so you take it out you go around the block he goes hey you hop on the freeway over there you're like nah i'm I'm good good. (laughs) nice to do one trip around the block i like it it's a nice car nice nice i'm good yeah it was not a show-off pro day it was just a show-up pro day it was a proof of life pro day yeah proof of life pro day and you know we we said this during the pro day special on nfl plus we talked about uh it's very much uh business as usual yeah and the thing that you get from Bryce Young, having played in the program where he played in Alabama, very business-like approach. Um, when you go beyond this, and we'll continue to have this conversation as we get closer to the draft, there is some comfort when your franchise quarterback is all business. Mm-hmm. No frills, no thrills. You know exactly what you're getting day in, day out. I get that sense that Bryce Young is the same day. He's the same player every day. He is consistent in his approach. He's consistent in the way that he goes about his business at practice. And because of that, he is going to be a consistent performer when it comes to game day. Some of that is him. Some of that is also a byproduct of playing for Alabama and how consistent that program is with their business-like process. Hasn't really had a stinker game. You know, when you go through, we were talking about the games he's lost in college. He's performed well in those games that they've lost. I mean, the one maybe exception would be the, the championship game against Georgia when Jamison Williams gets hurt in the first half. It's a 3-3 game. Now he's got no Mechie, no Jamison mm-hmm. Williams against that defense. But he tore him up in the in the championship game that year in 21. 
Uh, this year, you look at the two losses that he had, and you go, okay, well, Tennessee, uh, well, scored 49 points, should have made a kick at the end of, of, of regulation and won the game. The guy misses it. Um, you look at the LSU game, he, he drives them, gets them in overtime, and then scores in their first possession. And Brian Kelly says, screw that. I'm going for two. I'm not giving the ball back to that dude. That one ends that way. So he, he just, to me, I know the height doesn't mm-hmm. bother us. The weight is a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate concern, and mm-hmm. you worry about that. But Buck, like, I just feel like if you were looking at a like a, a graph of his performances, it's like it's just straight. Like there's no there's no ebbs and flows to his game. Like he's the same dude every time he gets on the field. I, I, I took this from an old coach, a coach that is at South Carolina State, Buddy Pugh, and he talked about if you want a team that plays consistently, you have to have consistent practice methods and consistency in terms of what you do every day. When I think about Bryce Young and how consistent he has been throughout his career, I think about the program Alabama and how we consistently hear about Nick Saban talking about his process, his plan, and his approach. It is not a coincidence that he has been that player who has not had a stinker performance. And so I'm going to take this, even though they're not similar players, let's think about Jalen Hurts and how Jalen Hurts has embraced the process, how consistent he is as a player, how consistent he is when it comes to preparing, and how he demands that consistency from his teammates and how consistent the Philadelphia Eagles played. When you get Bryce Young... You get a little bit of that model that comes from Alabama and what he took from Nick Saban. There's a lot to be said for that in terms of franchise quarterback who understands the process of performing at a high level and has bought into that process. And that enables him to be a leader who might be able to convey that to his teammates as your team become a very consistent perennial contender in the AFC or the NFC. The way that you described that, I was thinking of, you know, there's some guys as you go through the spring process, man, I got to play the role. I'm going to play the role as somebody who's dialed in and prepared. I'm going to say the right things and I'm going to ask the right questions. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to play. This dude is that. He's the authentic, real deal. There's no, no, nothing phony or fake about him. And you know what, you know what you're getting. You absolutely know what you're getting. And it can be, I guess, understated about just the consistency. DJ, there is something to be said for that. Like we can always talk about, hey, man, we want high floors or whatever. But a lot of times the guys that get it, are the high like high ceilings we talk about high floors the yeah. guys that you know here's the base here's exactly what I'm getting at his worst okay I can work around that anything beyond that is gravy I have a good sense that when Bryce Young shows up and he walks to the facility I kind of know the player that I'm getting and I know the performance that I'm gonna get on the field yeah and uh, you know there's a lot of different things we got a chance to touch on during the pro day you know some of the the skill set stuff and he talked about it in the interview afterwards. He can throw from every different arm slot. He can do, you know, it on schedule as the play is designed. And then he can create off schedule if, if things go awry. And there's just a there's just a lot to like about him from that standpoint. Now the durability is the question, and I think it's important to also remind people when you go back and look at the hits he took in the SEC. Mm-hmm. It's like watching, we were talking about it off the air, talking about the basketball tournament, how they play a different brand of physicality there in the SEC. There, I counted 14, charted all the hits he took in the pocket. I counted 14 hits that he took this right. year that would have resulted in penalties, fines, and maybe even in a couple of them suspensions. He took monster shots in there. You can't hit him like that in the NFL. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. And, you know, some of the durability stuff, I don't want to say it's overblown, but if your quarterback gets hit in the National Football League, he is going to get hurt. Like, that's kind of a part of it. When we've seen these guys, because let's look at some of the bigger, more physical players that have played a position, young guys. Justin Fields, he got hit, he got hurt. 
Jalen Hurts, physical runner, he got pounded. Oh, I saw. Got, I saw Herbert's ribs get all he, busted up. Played Justin half Herbert, the year with those ribs yeah, all Justin busted Herbert, up. So the main thing is understanding. Here's what it is. We need to make sure that we, if we take Bryce Young, put him around the best offensive line. We have an offense that has answers to take the pressures, the blitzes, and those things that come after him, and that he's good enough to deal with that. Watching him on tape, his processing speed, his decision-making suggests that he is able to handle all of that stuff. And when you think about Joe Burrow, because we've talked about it, yeah. sometimes early in Joe Burrow's career was, hey, man, let's, you know, let's have all these guys, have all these answers. But then it came to, hey, let's empty it out. And let's let Joe Burrow be the guy that makes the offensive line right. Joe Burrow's been able to do it. Yes, he popped the ACL. He's come back and played at a high level. You can't go wrong banking on the player, the yeah. person behind uh, the situation. I think Bryce Young is going to be fine. He's going to be a great player. Yeah. No, we've touched on it in all, all different facets here. What does Carolina do? I honestly don't know. I don't have a great feel for that. I don't think that they're going to let the cat out of the bag either. They're doing their homework on all these guys at the pro days. Everybody's going to read into every little thing that happens. Um, I think we might all get all the way to the draft and not know who it is, which to me is fine. Makes it fun. It, 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 to me, though, like when we talk I'm about I'm sure the they show, know, though. Yeah, they, they have to have an idea. To, to me, when you have Dave Tepper at these workouts, Dave Tepper is the one that is making this decision because he has to feel comfortable with the guy who's going to represent the franchise mm. in, in terms of how he goes about his business, what he's like when they're together. Uh, he wants to observe, well, what is that? kinship and connection between the quarterback and the head coach how does that play out what combination of head coach quarterback is going to give us the opportunity to have the consistent results that we want to be a championship team he's looking at all of that while also interviewing the player but he's looking at the interactions of the prospect with the coaching staff and how that could work he is going to weigh in heavily on this decision. Do you remember at the Senior Bowl when they were coaching and he went down there and it was, we found out, because he wanted to see Mac Jones up close and personal. And that was the year they, they were picking, what, eight or nine? Yeah, they're picking, yeah. And uh, and then they ended up passing on him and Justin Fields in that draft. Didn't take one. And it's almost like he said, well, I'm going to take this decision out of their hands. We're going to go ahead and trade all the way up to the number one overall pick. We're taking one of these dudes. And he likes to go out there and see these guys with his own eyes. He likes to, and why wouldn't you? I mean, it's, it's no different than you and I. If you're going to have somebody come and do some work on your house, well, you want to vet them out. Yeah. I'm writing the check. I need to know exactly what I'm getting. I want to kind of do a little background, uh, do a little research to see, okay, who am I spending my money with and what kind of work am I getting for what I'm paying? That's what Dave Tepper wants to do. He wants to look, see Bryce Young go to work. He wants to talk to Nick Saban directly. What is he? What kind of leader is he going to be as they begin to take all this information and then make the right choice? Because remember, he comes from the business yeah. side of it. He understands Okay, I workers, this is what I want. These are the type of guys that I want around my budding business. Let's make sure it's right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. So that's what took place there uh, at the pro day there in Alabama. Again, a no-frills pro day. Did it, threw the ball fine, threw the ball well, showed the stuff on schedule, showed the movement. Fine. It was not a show-off pro day. It wasn't a wow pro day. We've seen more explosive, more dynamic throws at pro days, but he did what he needed to do. Just kind of a, a business, a business approach is usually use that term. Um, there was another pro day that we had right before that. And that was with CJ Stroud. So your thoughts on what we saw from CJ Stroud, similar, but a little different. He also is very business like in terms of his approach and his process. You go up there, you watch him perform at Columbus and you see a guy who's very, very mature about the way that he goes about his business. First thing that stood out to me, uh, natural thrower. 
mm-hmm. easy and Sunday morning, just very easy when the ball comes out. He can make it. You talked about the difference in their release points in terms of Bryce Young showing various release points where C.J. Stroud is very consistent in terms of where the ball comes out. Over the top, it's out. Uh, it's consistently. But because he's so consistent in terms of where he releases it, he's also very consistent in how he paints the strike zone. You talk about a guy that consistently hits the strike zone, that's C.J. Stroud. And there's not a throw that you will make in the National Football League that's not within his wheelhouse. And so there is some comfort to watching a quarterback who plays the position the way the position has been played the last 30 years, traditional drop-back passer, do it off play action, you can do it from the shotgun, those things. He's just um, checks off a lot of boxes in terms of being the classic drop-back passer who has the potential to be a high-end player at the next level. You used the comp, which I loved, and you talked about the difference being like a Clay Thompson versus a Steph Curry. Yes. Um, and I'll let you explain that here in a second. When I was looking at it and thinking about it, I was the word that kept coming back to my mind when I was watching C.J. Stroud was fundamental. Like, maybe this is Tim Duncan. This is like the big fundamental. Like, everything is – that's it's teaching tape of, of your alignment, of, of where your body is, where your lower half is, the release point being consistent every single time. I mean, you go back to – you know, when you're kids and you go to a basketball camp when you're in third grade and they're telling you, hey, if you can, you got to be able to repeat it. You got to be able to repeat it. Mm-hmm. It's going to you're going to be a better shooter if you can repeat it. Um, that's that's him. He's in the same alignment with same release point, whereas Bryce can freelance it a little bit. He can get, he's got a little more flexibility and fluidity to his game where I think with CJ, it's textbook. Yeah, it's time to go to comparison. So what DJ is mentioning is and we've done this comparison before on the podcast where uh, one player one quarterback is more of a shooter the other one is a scorer and so in this scenario cj stroud to me is more of the shooter you talked about fundamental mechanics everything is pretty flawless in terms of how he goes about his business in the position bryce young is more the score more creativity more pizzazz a little more of that magic and so two players that come to mind clay thompson to me is more like cj stroud steph curry is more like Bryce Young. Two great players on the Splash Brothers, which one would you rather build around? The guy that is the fundamental guy, the guy that has all the mechanics, or the guy that is the dazzling performer, but not necessarily have the prototypical demands, the prototypical dimensions that you look for. I don't think you can go wrong. Both guys can put it in the basket. That's ultimately what the goal is. Can you lead your team to the winner's circle? Both guys have been able to do it throughout their career. And I did notice that, uh, according to social media, that we... We did tick somebody off with uh, with what we said at the Pro Day coverage, which I knew that we would, Buck. You know what ticked them off about everything? What, what did you say? We said they could both be good. Oh, my gosh. Can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. You can't say you like two people. You got to love one, hate the other one. It's not allowed. That's so crazy. Like, come on, man. So, so to me, the thing that, that I take from it, and we have Will Levis's Pro Day uh, tomorrow. You can check that out on NFL Plus, but there's a separation yeah, from the pack. For, for me, too. There's a separation in terms of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. They're out there on their own. And then there's the rest of the pack. Now, we can determine, is there separation between two? We, we still have time to figure it out. But to me, it should be a two-man race for the number one overall pick, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I can't see any of these other guys being worthy of being the number one, not only in terms of like their body of work on the field, but even with all the physical dimensions and stuff that they could bring, it's hard for me to say that I'm going to gamble on like what's behind door number three. When I see these two, I mean, look, very, very uh, competent, very high end players 
behind doors number one and two. All right. Last analogy. This is the most analogy-rich podcast that we've ever done. Yeah, last we, We've touched yes. on all these different sports. Here's the last one on this. Um, those top two guys, you talk about the separation. Buck, remember when you're a little kid, you go to the bowling alley, they put the little bumpers in there? Yeah. No gutter balls. <laughs> no gutter balls. With those top two quarterbacks, it might bounce off. We're going to get a couple pins. I might not get a strike, but I ain't no get, I'm getting a gutter ball out of this thing. The other two, when you talk about Richardson and Levis, hey, you might get a strike, but those bumpers aren't there. It, 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 that That's huge for me. First um, bowling analogy in over 900 episodes of Move the Sticks, and I by love, the way. I, yeah. I actually love bowling. I used to love going to the studio. Are you a spinner or are you just a straight straight, straight, straight Yeah, same straight, here. I never I wanted to be the spinner. It, it looks so great. Like, I can't control it. Like I couldn't it spins, either. If it's, and no glove. No glove. No, no glove. No, no, no extra stuff. Now, yeah. dude, sunglasses? Pete Weber style? No, I like, I like that dude, Pete though. Weber. He's got a little something to him. Yeah, a little something. I, I actually enjoy... You know, it's kind of gross as you get older and look back on it. But I always thought the bowling shoe was pretty comfy. Yeah, <laughs> comfortable bowling shoe, kind of slide out now, there. Are you are you a Velcro bowling shoe or are you the, the strings? Come on, we got to lace them up. We're not I mean, Velcros. Oh, come on, let's. Okay, I mean, let's like, class it up a little bit. Okay, here. class on. it up. Yeah. And so you're right. Both of these guys, and I know we 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 said, and we are definitely in the time where the top two quarterbacks can't be the best two quarterbacks. They both can't be good because yeah. that's not what we see. But there's comfort in buying both of these guys, not only from what they've done on the field, but the football character. And that's yeah. essential. Um, I'm willing to kind of bet on both of these guys having success. One may ultimately have more than the other. Both of these guys strike me as safe picks. And I know people don't like safe. I think both of them are very, very safe. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to jump into this trade, an interesting trade. And it's not the one uh, that we've all been waiting for with the Jets, but an interesting one nonetheless. We'll hit that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, Buck. So here's the trade that went down. It actually followed the signing of Miko Hardman. So Chiefs wide receiver Miko Hardman, who's been a little bit banged up, he signs a one-year deal. Uh, in terms of the number, I guess it could go up to 6.5. I don't think it's close to 6.5 uh, currently. Uh, but the Jets, after that signing, they ship out Elijah Moore, who was not happy last year, um, and a third-round pick to the Browns for their second-round pick. So the Jets now sit at 42 and 43. So your thoughts on Elijah Moore going to the Cleveland Browns, and what does this mean going forward with the Jets? Going to the Cleveland Browns just adds more firepower around Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper being the number one receiver, you just want to continue to surround Deshaun Watson with the talent that he needs to be successful. This is a year where the pressure jumps on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He has to play at a high level. He has to play at a level that is uh, commensurate of the big – Fully guaranteed contract that he got. He has to play like a top five quarterback. We need to see that. The Browns want to give him every opportunity to do that. That's why those moves are designed to do that. For the Jets, this is a little bit of what we talked about in terms of we need to get this deal done. Yeah. So regardless of whether you want to give a number one, nah, how about we give you multiple twos to see if we can do it. Well, now they have enough ammunition to make this a very attractive offer to the Green Bay Packers because you can take those twos, package them off, and get the one that you desire. Uh, this is about Aaron Rodgers and securing Aaron Rodgers for the Jets. They now find a way to get another trade chip 
to be able to offer up the Green Bay Packers to get this done. Yeah, the other thing I would add, too, is we'll see how this, you know, what this contract looks like with, with Aaron Rodgers and how they fit that in their budget. But one of the things you notice when you go from a rookie quarterback deal as they had with Zach Wilson to now there's going to be some significant money there with Aaron Rodgers, however they work this thing out for the next couple of years. To me, the the biggest bargain in, in, in football right now are second-round picks because they're the cheapest starters. You get four, four years of cheap starters. So... I'm almost looking at that saying, man, I know, man, you don't want to part with the one. I personally would rather, if you're going to end up costing you a one, I'd rather give them 13 this year than next year's one, not knowing what that number could be. And I'll say, okay, well, I got I got 42 and 43. I need a center. I might get one of the best centers in the draft at 42. I need a linebacker, a safety. 42, 43, those are, those are starters. Let's be real about this draft class. In this draft class, there are probably about maybe 15 to 18 guys that would be consensus first-round grades in any year. When you feel like you have a class like that, that might be a little devoid of some of the traditional blue chip players that we would see, you're more, uh, you're readily, you're willing to move off of those guys. Yeah. Okay. Eh, it's not a great class. We'll give you the 13. Just you have at it. Yeah. And we're done, by the way. If we get 13, maybe I'll give you some a four next year or something, but that's the, that's the main piece. We're done. But this is a class where we see a lot of really good players, 15 to 35. 15 to 40, 45. Now you have two picks in that range where you can make up, maybe you find a way to move up a little bit to get the players that you want. That's what this is about. And so you're right. Maybe it is. Let's auction off 13 because we may not feel strongly about a blue chip player coming back. We got the quarterback. Let's see if we can get some starters that we can surround uh, Aaron Rodgers with for the next three, four years. Yeah, and it's interesting. The Jets, one of the things that's going to be fascinating is if we fast forward, because they had that draft last year, which was unbelievable, mm-hmm. but they're going to have all those tickets coming up at the same time. You're going to have to pay all those dudes at the same time. That's going to be that, that's a good problem to have. But it they're going to have a bunch of those dudes they need to it, pay. It is a good problem to have. The one thing that you would like to think, Aaron Rodgers' money will be off the books by then. Yeah, uh, they'll have to make some decisions uh, going forward on which guys are worthy. And there's time for that to play out because just because you have a great rookie year doesn't mean you can be able to sustain that high level of success. And so there'll be some attrition. But you would love to have as many day two picks as you can because you absolutely can get quality starters. And this is, you know, somewhat related here, but I think the league has paid attention to what the Chiefs did. So the Chiefs paid the quarterback, obviously had the best quarterback in yes. the league, paid the quarterback, but then they've made trades to get boatloads of picks. And flipped so it on the fly. There's a difference. And then you could say, well, like look at the difference between a veteran minimum deal and then what you're paying a fourth, you know, third, fourth round pick. Like that's significantly different. Like, yeah, that's they have you all these cheap starters, all these young draft picks. You make it up in the margins. Yeah. They've been able to do it. And the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl while rebuilding their team. Yeah. They won a Super Bowl while rebuilding their roster. Massive it, changes. Massive changes. Massive changes. Young starters, rookies everywhere on defense. Yep. And they were able to win a Super Bowl. So the scary part is the Kansas City Chiefs, when these guys grow up, they still have the quarterback, and they're going to be really, really good. And so, yes, it's a copycat league. People will look at the different team building models and copy that. And Kansas City's ability to succeed will encourage others to follow that. But the key to that, you better make sure your quarterback is of that quality that we talk about, Pat Mahomes, because you can't do it with an average quarterback where you overpay them and then think that an average guy being paid a boatload is going to elevate all those young guys playing all those cheap deals. Let me ask you one more question in regards to the Chiefs. And we've touched on this in the past, but I don't know if we've done a deep dive on it. 
Um, and I'll tell you the moment that I came to this realization. So I'm, you know, as you know, doing all the Charger games, and you see the Kansas City Chiefs, and you've seen them too, twice. the Jags. So you saw them twice as well last year. So I want to get your take on it. But my kind of light bulb moment was games on the line. Chargers have Derwin James over Kelsey. Kelsey Derwin's a little outside. Mm-hmm. Kelsey beats him off the line. Touchdown, game over. And I thought for a second there, Derwin James, there's nobody like him. He's mm-hmm. the best safety in the NFL for me that has that skill mm-hmm. set. Even with Derwin James, you couldn't stop these guys when you had to stop them. So why do we keep trying? <laughs> why? Like at some point in time, it's like, hey, you're going to beat them. You're going to have to score 31, 35 points. Uh, so so if, you, if you've got choices to make in the offseason, if you're Buffalo, if you're Cincinnati, if you're Jacksonville, if you're the Chargers, and you're sitting there going, I could add this corner, I could add this. No, no, you're not stopping them. I don't care. You put a, the Eagles, look at their defense, how, how unbelievable that group. So is. You're not stopping them. Just get as much firepower as you can. Cross your fingers and toes that you can get to the number you need to get to to outscore them. Okay, it's funny you say this, and I hope Doug Peterson won't be mad at me about this. And okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of tell you, uh, we talked about it. We talked about winning yeah. in the league. And you got to have the quarterback and you got to have the firepower to be able to score on offense. And your job on defense is to bend but don't break. Yeah. Die a slow death. Maybe give me a couple of turnovers. Maybe. Die a I'll slow death on defense. No big plays. Yeah. Keep the ball in front. Turn it over on occasion. But you're putting the pressure on the offense, particularly when you feel like you have one of those quarterbacks. So, Let's go all in. And we've said this on the podcast before. Let's get great on one side of the ball. Yeah. And right now, the pr- the preferred You're side. You're not stopping them. The preferred side is on offense. Yes. So how can we, each game, put 3-0 on the board? Mm-hmm. So I want wideouts. I want playmakers. I want a guy down the middle that can control it. And my quarterback has everything at his disposal. Go win it. And so find you a franchise quarterback and give him everything that he needs to play at a high level and then figure out how to way to get a handful of stops on defense. Yeah, and maybe and maybe it's taking a risk or two in terms of who you bring in. I mean, I I you know, we'll see what happens with D Hop. You know, is, is DeAndre Hopkins what he was a few years ago? No, but he's still no. a really talented player. You know, and I we've seen teams mentioned with him like Buffalo or whoever just try and make the money work. But like, yeah, let's let's roll the dice on a couple of these dudes. Roll the dice, but not only that, going back to your original point about the Kansas City Chiefs and draft picks, the Kansas City Chiefs were able to get Kadarius Tony, yeah, a former first round pick. I think they gave him up for what a third, third rounder. Yeah. A third rounder. But that third rounder gave them a guy that's the number one. So now they move off of Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. And they slot Kadarius Tony in who was a third-round pick for them. Sky Moore, who was, what, a second-round pick? Yeah. And so they're they're able to go with those guys. And then they have MVS. You have to be able to have the currency to be able to make some of those gambles so you can sit and assess, oh, who wants to move off of whom? Oh, yeah, we'll give you this pick because we can get it back. And so it works out for them. Yeah, but I think you have to have a, a real honest conversation. If you're in the AFC – and you're in draft meetings, and you're going to have these debates, and we've been in it. Something gets heated. You know, it gets heated in there. You're arguing this guy versus that guy. And I swear, you're just going to have to say, guys, what you just said, 30. <laughs> we got to get 30. Look at our team. Can we get 30? Because we have to get 30 to get through this tournament. If we can't get 30 on a consistent basis in the playoffs, we can't win a Super Bowl. You're in the AFC. You look at all the quarterbacks that are in the AFC. You're going to have to be able to score points. The thought of slowing down, not only Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, 
Trevor Lawrence is coming. If Aaron Rodgers jumps into that division, into the Lamar Jackson's Lamar still Jackson's there. there. You have to be able to score points, and so it is becoming a video game like league. The rules favor the offense as well. All in on offense. Figure out a way to do it. Now you have to be able to play good defense. You have to be able to turn the ball over. You have to be able to get off in critical situations, third down, red zone, two minutes. You have to win those situations. But the thought of loading up and really building up the defense like a super proud defense, it's that's not it. And I will a, say it's this. It's a fool's gold, man. I will say this. Bill Polian might have been ahead of his time when he built up the Indianapolis Colts and some of those other teams. We would go high-end offense. We're going to use money on pass rushers. Yep. That's that's where they're all their money went on defense. Hey, hey, you're gonna have to draft these corners. We're gonna have to figure out how to play yeah, these guys. Develop. Pass rushers, and then we're gonna play with the cheap talent on the back end. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I just feel like you're being you're not being honest with yourself if you look at it any other way. Yeah, score, score, score. And you know, you have to be able to really put the pressure on your offense and your quarterback. Yeah. 30, 30 is the number. How can we get to thirty each week? And so you have to have the firepower to be able it's to. It's crazy. Play. And this is like, look, you, you look at some of the defenses you were around. I came out of Baltimore. Where it's just, we pride ourselves <laughs> on defense. And it's like, it's, it's, a, changes, like, and it's, it's hard a different me. league, like, man. It's a, it's a different league. Like, you're talking about a guy coming from, like, we're running backs and the defense is running game defense and whatever. You got to stop the run. But you better score points. If you can't score points, you don't have a chance. No, you, you really don't. Um, Nabil, what are you giggling about back there? What's going on? We're talking about how good B. John Robinson is. I love B. John Robinson. Yeah. Is that really what's going on back there? This, I don't, yeah, I don't, know I don't if think, I believe that. I, I don't, don't know think, if I'm yeah. buying that. I don't, I don't think. Serious. I don't think. I don't think. I don't. It doesn't seem like that. A lot of lot of giggling and kikiing for the UT running back. Yeah, yeah, nah, that's a little. No, I don't I'm, know I'm being serious. I'm, I, don't, I don't know if that's a real story back there. I don't know about that. Hundred um, percent accurate. Are you still sweating this whole thing with Rodgers? Uh, I just want you know as many draft picks as possible, so we can as uh, many as get, possible surround Jordan Love with everything. Mm. Have you got the Have you got the jersey yet? I don't have the jersey yet, but I do remember meeting him at the Senior Bowl for Moves of Sticks. So, but you know, what does it have to do with the jersey? Clearly. What does it have to do with the He's jersey? He's just saying that they're tight. He's just yeah, saying that they they're tight. They were tight. I, yeah. com- uh, I complimented his Nike shoes. So There you go. See? They, they're, right. they're boys. Um, anything else, Buck, before we get out of here? No, nah, it's great. So we got to figure out a way to get Jordan Love to uh, send over an autographed jersey so Nabil on Sundays can – can run around. Yes, and, Packers PR. Yeah, if you're listening, yeah, we need we need a Jordan Love jersey. We'll, we'll let you wait till the trade gets done because we want you guys to get in trouble with Aaron. But let's let's once that all gets done, we got to get in the deal. He's, he's the biggest Packer fan you guys. Know. And if they could throw like a little cheese head in there, we also appreciate that too. Yes, yes that's, that's a, a that bonus. Do you have hair. one of those already, Nabil? Cheese head. I do have it somewhere at my family. House. I can't imagine. I can't imagine him wearing that with on his hair. hair there's no yeah. way. I got no a Packer way. stock as well. You put a little hole in the top so that the hair, <laughs> the hair can breathe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That. Um, all right, that's it, man. This has been fun again. Uh, knocking out these pro days. We've got another one coming up tomorrow with Will Levis. We have Anthony Richardson next week, so we'll keep you updated on those. Uh, we'll keep uh, marching towards a draft and uh, jumping into some more of these player evals as we go along as well. Um, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, we will catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 